You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one Two, of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Joined as always uh, by my co-host, sidekick, Garrett. How are you doing, buddy? What's up, buddy? Happy, uh, happy days. Happy Wednesday. Love those. We're a day late putting this together. Just Sometimes a it happens, folks. You get busy. We jump on the humps. Or lazy. It's a combination. Cold weather out there, hot weather out here. You never know. It's a, it's a counterbalance. That's it. I get stuck in the snow, man. Sometimes I don't want to do a I hear you. podcast. Nice. All right. We got Akash Singh. Akash. He is one of... Did I say it right? I think it's Akash, but we'll call it whatever you want. Akash. Okay. Damn it. Akash. Sorry, bud. He's one of Andrew Schultz's guys. Um, does that podcast with him, um, which I I haven't I've seen some of them. I watched a lot of the Alex Jones one, just because he's such a wild man. It's it's just like you got to watch him. You got to see what what's going on. They had him. But, on, they, uh, ha- they had. They have him great on. chemistry. I think they've had him on twice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Andrew's the yeah. Man. They had him on and and. Yeah, absolutely. I right after listening to the Akash one, I went and sought out some of their podcasts, and I've been listening to their dynamic. I think there's like three or four of them. They they pull it off. They don't talk over each other, which is awesome. It's mm-hmm. everybody lets each other talk, and obviously they all make their. They're really good dynamic with each other. It's good. Well, it's impressive because they have a lot of people in that room, right? And. Um, you know, often there's like four of them kind of mic'd up, even though it's really Akash and Andrew that are the main voices. Um, but they they really bring in a lot of good stand-up skill sets by going on their rants and then creating breaks for the other people to talk. Right. And then they just play off each other so well. That's great. Yeah, it, it's a good show. They're, they're very it's very like, funny, but they're also very smart guys. It's, you can tell that. It's like freestyle comedy to some extent, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they're freestyle rapping gets, about comedy. And they it ha- gets wild. Andrew has such a deep knowledge of what's going on. And I think a co- I think it's been a good introspective watching him know. I, I don't know where he gets all of his knowledge and where he does his research, but he's pretty well versed on a lot of current events, you know? Which is- I think that's a big part of really having your hand on the pulse when it comes to stand-up comedy. Absolutely. Because you're in front of a crowd, right? And everybody is kind of knowing what's going on at the time. Like what's in the news, what people are talking about, what's happening with sports. Right. And so it's just a good marker for these guys and gals out there doing um, stand-up in that space to know it because then you can just kind of off the cuff bring up things that are happening that everyone's already thinking about make fun of it point out silly things like it's it's good comedy that way because everybody's make a lot of material i mean you're up to the minute almost at this point like right before you're about to go sit on that stool and have those little conversations if you're on your phone or you're going through 
Instagram or whatever, you're already caught up on all the issues immediately, you know? Like right, within, yeah. within five minutes, like, you're, here it is. You're, you're already there. You already formed an opinion. You already had a thought about it, and you've already kind of got your own little dialogue developed in your head about how you feel about something before within minutes, you know? Yeah, and that's how these guys can form ideas. I mean, if you watch much of Andrew Schultz's stuff that he posts to Instagram, he does so much crowd work. I think that both these guys do. And it, that's a hell of a skill set to have. It's got to keep you sharp. But a big part of what makes it work is they can pull from from things happening right. all the time and and just kind of go with it. Absolutely. Being caught, caught up on pop culture and having those metaphors and I mean, that's what makes for great comedy. Those guys, and the way they support each other is just—it's—it's it's a nice little click they have over there for sure. They seem tight for sure. I—I I didn't watch um, Akash's stand-up. I haven't um, seen it yet, but I, I'm, no. But the one about a poo, a boo, uh, yeah, that's a poo a- from The Simpsons, and it's supposed to be controversial. <laughs> I wanted to kind of get us like an idea for like what people were getting upset about. I'm sure it's going to be one of those silly like council culture things anyway but um no i didn't get around to watching it so i was like damn it, i was supposed to do but that did you hear how he talked about it he goes i think it was a poo as well not to whatever but a poo what did i say a poo? I, I, you're, you're just english you you, you, you flutter it's okay, <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay bud um but he was talking it's about how answer. how indians weren't represented in any kind of hollywood like scene whatsoever and he was like that was the one guy that I could attach myself to and he was a really good guy like he made reference to what kind of a good character Apu was and how he was almost the definition of the American dream you know oh yeah for sure like he came over here yeah you're right that there weren't many um Indian guys in shows that I could think of. No. Especially, like, in the 90s and before. It was always just the 7-Eleven guy, you know, the, the like, stereotypical thing. So to, and, and granted, that was what he was in the Simpsons show, but he was a lot more than that. He was, like, a family man. He, like, successful guy, fairly funny, witty. Like, provided mm-hmm. a, a lot of other, like, character attributes that were not being portrayed prior to. So it was, he would, like... Yeah. He's trying to make that into a good thing, and then... Uh, like a lot of rich white kids that are progressive or something are trying to like diminish him making light of somebody that he may have looked up to throughout his childhood in a weird angle. Yeah, I guess he he now knows uh, Russell Peters, right? And his par- he's been you know kind of a <laughs> um, mentor, a bit of a mentor yeah. to him. I mean, that guy's such a badass. And and what I love about it is everyone likes him too. What did Rogan say? If if Russell doesn't like someone, I don't even need to know why. I, I, love I just count him out. I love that statement. Any, like he it's always, reasonable. <laughs> I I have some folks like that in my life. I think we all do. We've talked about character and how important it is, and how you can lean on a lot of your buddies to introduce you to some other good buddies. Granted, we fall short from time to time, but if you if you got something to say like that about a good friend, man, that's that holds a lot of clout. I think it's useful because, you know, you kind of outsource a bit of that um, judgment to someone else. Like, you, you you don't always have time to get to know everybody, right. right? And if someone can just straight up tell you, someone you know and trust really well, and you've always kind of understood their angle and, you know, the kind of person they are, and they're like, look, that dude is a bad dude. Right. I mean, it's 
especially if you know from that person it's unlike like they don't talk shit about people all the time then it means something you're like oh this is rare that they even say this there must be something about this person that's wouldn't you gotta be wary wouldn't you say i think that's kind of a personality trait but i will say as you're getting older you realize who you really want to vouch for like that that means a lot more to you maybe than what what you would say when you're like 20 i know this guy but it's like and when you get a little bit older you're like i need to sift through the bullshit and i wouldn't just send you to Andy. that's why like like <clears throat> refer voice referral or whatever you want to call it is word of mouth is the most prevalent and most established thing and always has been always will be well it goes a long way when you've known somebody right. for like decades right. as well which starts to happen in your life eventually right. like you have those friends you still keep contact with them from high school and right. once you turn 40 those friendships are so valuable the because you know that person through and through right like as much as you could right <clears throat> what was um the they were talking for a while about just like doing the hard things, right? Getting into comedy, really struggling. I guess his parents um, wanted him to be like a doctor or something else, and and he, was pre- he wanted he, to be a he was pre med. He was pre med. It's great though. It seems. I mean, the only other guy that I can make reference to, he remind me of Aziz, obviously, and it seems like those guys were going to be successful regardless. They will never. It's an interesting thing when you think about race and like. I've never seen like a Indian bum. Now that I'm thinking about it, an Indian bum. Well, they, the parents <laughs> have you the like, parents with all due respect. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I lived in Sri Lanka, so I saw homeless people there, um, and they, 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 they they're not Indian, but they were Sinhalese. So like, if they make it over um, here, they're like, no, 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 that's not even a, not even an option, not even a, not even a. Yeah, it seems like often they have they have we, parents we, that are we will succeed that really understand the like the work ethic part of of what it takes to you know because they came from a poorer country absolutely and then they move here and then they see opportunity and it's like hey don't waste this right so when they're like I want to be a stand up comedian you're like that's not a proper job sure it is for some but for a lot of people they. It's not going to work. I know his dad. Um, he's like, even now that you made this special and have become fairly successful at what you're doing, he's like, I think he still wants me to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's still reasonable, but who knows? One day, one day this. I year. think you just have this threat. But I get it. I, a part of me would get that if I had kids and I've always had silly jobs and followed my passion. Even though that I would want that to be the energy i put out like look i want to support you no matter what there's still a part of me that's like ah, i gotta make sure yeah. that they got maybe something to fall back on and you know i still i mean it's hard right. it's hard to do well in life so to take those risks and be like i'm just gonna be an artist that's it and then there's kind of no backup it, 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 as a parent i get why that would make you nervous right it makes sense and i think that's kind of universal it doesn't matter across the board I don't know that there's a whole lot of other parents that are just like, all right, yeah, chase that acting career. Maybe I think, yeah, that's reason. That's not like a race thing. Yeah, it's like, like everyone's it, thinking it, it that. Makes You're sense. protecting your kids. It makes sense. It's not like a one-off, you know. I did like the line that he quoted from the Fresh Prince back in the day when, um, you know, the like the adoptive parents because he lived with his aunt and his I, uncle. I, right? I know. I remember him saying that. 
And he goes, I think we worked so hard to give our kids what we didn't have, we forgot to give them what we did. So true. And that's a great line, I think. I think that if people could remember that when they're in a position of, and I mean, it doesn't really relate to that many people because it's basically talking about parents that grew up poorer, now are very wealthy, and they're passing lessons to their kids to kind of hope that they don't become spoiled brats. Right. But um, it's still a clever, a clever line. It's so it's quite interesting. I got to tell you, it's uh, even watching him, you can tell that he still has so much character. And like somehow in some cultures, I just don't feel like the character or the. Uh, I don't know. It just seems so much more deeper with the culture and a lot of other in a lot of other cultures. <clears throat> other than well, it's uh, a lot of it's just that it's different. But it's I mean, but it's, it's like just a different culture. True. True. Uh, the way he was but yeah there's there's like different values they they different cultures have like different value structures we're used to the ones here or the ones for me back in england um so when you hear the way people organize in their their like way of life in a different culture it's it's like cool to pull from it and be like oh that would be great to like add that into the way that i think or or behave or kind of interact you're you're fairly well traveled i i i am too i i think that it's interesting when when i've submerged myself into other cultures i've been so welcomed in in so many ways that uh it is interesting seeing like i don't i don't know i don't want to call it white america but it doesn't seem like we embrace each other as much as like when i've been to other Submerse myself in Central America and other places. It seemed like it's been a lot more welcoming, personally. Yeah, I could I could see that as being true. I mean, but Americans are, are fairly welcoming. I I mean, it, it's it's just like if you land in New York City, you're in a giant city, and let's say you're French and you land there. I mean, it, it's kind of a different feel than when you get to like a beach town in some you know in mexico they're like there's less people they can focus on you and say hi and make you feel kind of more welcome that's true but americans are pretty well they're they seem they're more welcoming and friendly in a lot of ways than british people are i remember when i moved into my neighborhood in um albuquerque just outside of albuquerque our neighbors came over with like a big basket of like fruit and and like pastries and stuff and they were like welcome to the neighborhood i'd never heard of anything <laughs> like I, I don't think any english person has done anything like that they might come over with a cup of tea and tell you to keep your dog off their lawn <laughs> but that's about it <laughs> i mean well, i'm not saying they're all miserable over that's there good it's just, to that's, that's, i haven't heard that that's good to hear that's good to hear i think that everybody's trying to change their own narrative and hopefully like catastrophic events will make you realize how good you have it and like i guess your dog can pee on my lawn there we go we need a volcano to to hit were they talking about those comedians that were like one got killed one got arrested for saying a joke in a different country that's so fucking unbelievable that that just do that over comedy i was telling you that he made mention of that i think that might have inspired my cnn reach out on youtube but he said that somebody got and then right after he said that, within three days, he said that he said that on Rogan. And I watched the uh, him and Andrew 
their podcast after it was like two days later. And he's like, after I said it on Rogan, it came up on CNN, interestingly enough. Oh, they're like after yeah. he talked after about he it, they talked about it on it. Yeah, it was like it's so interesting how one brick can like knock down the next one. Like that's the thing about news too. You made reference to it. We talked about the Rogan situation, and it's like it literally seems like in the rearview mirror now because it's like what's next? It's always what's next. But when you're well, it's I I almost imagine that I mean CNN's numbers are so bad right now. I imagine that they they're not even going out the fine news they just sit there listening to rogan's <laughs> podcast and they're like great what do we what got? can we pitch about what do we this got week? what do we got what do we got what yeah, do we got, do we got? We let's see if he fucks up rogan likes sex with horses <laughs> yeah maybe that's what we've decided you're like wait <laughs> wait what wait, he said he likes to hunt elk what <laughs> yeah he said he rode a horse. They just spit it straight into chaos. You're like, who is watching this? Girl? I mean, that's what it's. That's it. Feels desperate. It, like eventually, it's gonna feel very desperate. Where you're like, uh, how much? What I love what's what's happening right now, and and I don't know if Russell Brand does this on purpose, but he does this interesting thing where basically Rogan says something. CNN reports on it. <laughs> Rogan doesn't get back to it because he stays out of it. He's like, I'm not going to bring this up right. unless it really pisses me off. But, so he just leaves it. But then Russell Brand does a breakdown video comparing like what Rogan said and where it is to like what's happening in the news and CNN. And it just makes them all look stupid. It's like Rogan doesn't even have to do anything now. He's just like, yeah, but Russell will take care of it. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I'm like, yep. Well, nicely done. Uh, he's like, do, I, I love. I've said this phrase to you many a time in the Count of Monte Cristo. Do your worst. Once you do your worst, there's nothing left. And they've they've clear mm-hmm. they've clearly done their worst. It's like, all right, you try, you 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 sold all the chickens. You didn't even like fuck the bag, fuck the eggs. You sold all the chickens immediately because you were so scared. You, silly. Yeah, they they ran out of out. They fired every. Yeah, you fired every shot. What do you got now? What are you gonna say? Like, what else do you have to say? Because everybody's like, "Ah, oh, we weathered that storm. Now what? Now what do you got? It, it just made him look stupid. That's that for sure. That's the problem. It's and no, made him look silly. And they pushed harder than anybody else with this right? narrative. And oh well, I mean, think about it. Think how hard it is is to be a stand up as it is in this country. Right, ma- and say your things, and potentially get canceled, and then over in these other countries, you can go to jail for it, just for speaking. Yet CNN or whoever still thinks that it's a good thing to like silence everybody, and it's like, look what happens in these other countries. People go to jail for this; they get murdered for this, and they're just making jokes. Like that's where it leads when you keep trying to silence everyone, but they don't care. They're just like, well, we just sold, we sold some more newspapers or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it just feels like a pushing of the envelope that's been pushed so far that it's. I I don't know when when you wake up in the morning and you're like, is this making sense? Is this making sense? I'm starting to think that all our bad reviews are just from like CNN anchors <laughs> I'm co- under pseudonyms, and we uh, they just make in other accounts, we would, and they're like, "This is bullshit." Please, I'm like, "Oh, please come on." Thanks, CNN. I do appreciate the, uh, t- with all due respect, I do appreciate Rogan acknowledging that he had, let's just say what it was, two guests in a row. I don't know if that's ever happened before. That may have had similar thought processes. 
we'll give it that at best. I don't think we've acknowledged that. He's like, I'm going to go back and forth. Please bring those people on at all times. Let's hear the other side of the argument. I would love to hear it. It has been so refreshing to just see. Well, there's kind of... I think why he didn't, though, is because that basically is the narrative on every other news yeah, um, yeah, but he's been pushed cycle show anyway. So he's like, well, I'll just I'll just play something people aren't talking about. But now Rogan's going to feel like, oh, I've got to have someone that thinks one way and then now someone that thinks the other. Like, we're going to end this with um, an environmental climate guy. But I got to imagine. And that's... he had another guy on next week. But I got to imagine then that's going to work out in his favor. Or, or for like just the truth favor. Who, who, who cares what side it works out on? Like it's just going to work out for the truth. We'll at least know that. I think, I think that's the value though, and that's Isn't what's important, like right? It's going to help everybody listening. Yeah. Get a more balanced perspective, and then you get to choose what yeah. you think of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I'm not. I'm not on any side. I just want to know what makes the most sense and be on that side of the boat. Like let's ride. Let's ride that boat out. That's yeah, and if it sounds like you, you know, if one's too far one way and one's too leaning the other way, then once you've heard kind of both sides from specialists, you can kind of even if you're not sure where you stand, you can just say, "All right, well, I'm somewhere in the middle on these things." You can have you can have an informed opinion at that point. That's the hope, right? Like you that's can, the you hope. Can, that's all we can ever hope for. <laughs> like because I think that there is no absolute. That's the thing. You're just like, all right. Let's try and make the best assertion given the facts that are provided. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That, I mean, that's really it. That being said, oh. maybe we should shoot over to Dubin and talk about that situation. Yeah. Let's move on. The last thing I wanted to say is he's hating living in New York. And he's mad at Andrew for taking him back there. <laughs> I want to go. I think it's hilarious. I want to go to Miami. It's like too. he, you know, he just fell in love with Miami, didn't he? How I? could you not? He's like, Co- that's my place. Compare, dude. You're in Miami, Florida, where it's free and everybody's fucking smoking cigarettes in the bars and burning each other with ashes. And then you go back to go, <laughs> it's a bit wild. <laughs> you go back to New York and you're literally wearing three masks over each eyelid to like prevent the the spread. I kind of get what. Um, what Andrew's saying, though, about the fact that it improves his comedy there. I'd like to know really how much, but I'm sure he definitely has a different audience in New York City than he did in Florida. Um, Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I'm saying that if um, if the op- if the open mic scene, and, you know, he's practicing most of the time in between doing big shows... He wants to get that pushback from the audience. He wants to see the weirdness. He wants to see what people are getting upset about. And maybe out in Miami, they're all kind of on the same page. So it's probably going to help Andrew more to develop um, a clever take on an issue if he has people in his audience that may be a bit more woke and they're trying, you know, they're giving him a hard time about his language and therefore allows him to adjust. I mean, look, the guy's phenomenal at stand-up. It, it, he's just been... I mean, he's a megastar right now in the comedy world. Everyone knows he's that good, and I'm sure he he knows his process well. He knows what's going to work. I still feel bad for Cage, though. I, I feel like we should just let that guy get back to Miami already, uh, back to the sunshine. I agree. I just... <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, I just was partying with Beyonce out in Florida. No, <clears throat> but it makes sense what, what Andrew's doing. He's a true professional. He's trying to sharpen his sword at all times. And he know mm. and he knows that this is where I have to go. I have to go in the fucking dirty dirty parts to make the sharpest jokes. <laughs> right. You can, yep. you can appreciate that. I, I do I do want to get out to New York eventually and check out a lot of that comedy scene. Like spend some time just hitting all the you know, like the cellar and just get a feel for like how it's different than I know the LA scene a lot better than the, I mean, I've never gone to comedy in New York, so I would love to get to know that. I'm trying to... All right, let's hop over to uh, Josh Dubin here. Um, bit of an introduction with Josh. So he works for the Innocence Project. Um, used to be a fight manager, I'm pretty sure, I, for like boxing I, and other... I think he still is. Fight. He's still got, it. Yep. He's still got his hand in it. And, you know, a legit, well-respected lawyer that's uh, written some books about jury selection and worked with district attorneys and um he's a guy that really knows his stuff and he puts a lot of time and pro bono effort into getting people out of jail for crimes they didn't commit because of you know shabby police work and and like lazy dna stuff i mean what he's doing is beautiful and i love that rogan has him on so often he's one of those kind of repeat guests that i'm really pumped when he gets on i'm like i'm sure he has a lot of cases to deal with he wants to get a lot of publicity under these cases and um yeah it's great that he's kind of like the repeat guy he allows me to like come back to my emotional state of being and humanitarian state of all things gives you some hope right uh, oh man it's just like you could hear the like when his voice <clears throat> i don't know you know he's not in it for any sideways situation he's like the reason i'm here is to set people free that deserve to be free and yeah he, didn't he say that the two guys that he's been working with just got released yeah. So that's great. The DNA came in. Oh, and the DNA framing of that tennis person. Where they like took his DNA and they put it on something and then they had to try and prove that. It's like how I, terrifying is that that people uh, would go to those lengths. Adam, I got to tell you right now. It's an interesting thing listening to that podcast. And then I ride my skateboard down to Venice and I just see three officers come walk down the Venice boardwalk at two thirty in the afternoon and i don't know how to i'm just telling you my initial thoughts and what's going on it's like are you looking for crime like what 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 what, what are you doing because i i have no well i guess technically yeah they are that's what they do right they gotta look for crime I'm a, but the I, hope I, is I always they don't just I, make crime out of no crime and i don't want to talk about the defund the police thing because it seems so substantial and i don't know what the right adjectives are but it is a weird thing. I say that while I, maybe I just become more inept to it, but I've got three bums chilling right by me. One's kind of a schizo, but he's not hurting anybody. He's right by Rooks, right by the dog, chilling. I don't know. It seems like you can find problems all the time. I, I, I don't know the answer to it, but it is. Well, the hope is that they, they you have just you know more moral cops out there ones that aren't 
um, you know, but it seems like stereotyping. But it seems like you're, if I feel that way, you're setting them up for failure because I'm the one guy that should be on your team. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Wait, I, I don't get what you're saying. I don't understand. It's just a weird time to be walking down Venice. Like, you want it to be peaceful. You want it to be cordial. But you can see. Stay, stay a bit close to that mic. Dude. You can see the disconnect. Thanks, thanks brother. I apologize. Okay. No, no worries. <coughs> We're getting you up to speed on this. We'll figure it out. Like Rogan says, a fist away. A fist away. That's up. Keep it right there. That's what you told me. We'll get you a cough button that's, for next week. That's what you told me last night. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Anyway. But it's so ter- It really just is. It's so scary to hear these cases and know that people go through this, right? It's one thing to uh, have committed a crime and now you've got to do your time and, like, you fucked up, so that's how it is and hopefully you can make better choices and and... When you get back out, you know, hopefully in some ways you can get back on your feet too so you don't have to keep going into crime. But then knowing that there are people that didn't do anything wrong, they've clearly been framed and they just don't have the resources and the right lawyers to put them in a good position. And, you know, the other lawyers and law enforcement are willing to lie to get a conviction. I just couldn't imagine being in that job and knowing someone didn't do it, but you don't care, like you're maybe you're so frustrated with your own job, or you just want the case to be closed because you're getting pressure. But I just cannot fathom how somebody would let a person go to jail if they knew they didn't do can it. Can I ask you a quick question? How sure. how confident are you in the criminal justice system here in the United States? And 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 part B. Let's just say, in general, I don't want to say across the world, but obviously, in England, is it does it differ, or is there anything that you would say that has been more like <clears throat> you don't have any frame of reference? But if you did, you let me know. Well, I've been to, I've been, I've been in the court system and seen it work in both countries to some degree, and. Um, uh, it's different, obviously. The British system is different than here. I- I'm sure that I, in, I'm just taking a guess, uh, and I don't have a lot of uh, frame of reference, but I- I'm sure there's plenty of countries around the world, especially less developed ones, where the court systems are completely far more of a mess. Completely, right? Completely scared. And but it's it's the point that even the ones here need a lot of work. I, I think that's undeniable. It's not to say it's a completely terrible system and we can't afford to get rid of it but there's definitely work that needs to be done to make it work better and that really to answer the question it's not like i trust it it's like if you wind up getting into some trouble don't just assume that justice will be served that just exactly it's assume it's it's the the way he said it he's like he was like when they talked about choosing uh a jury and he was talking about how judge judges, the vast majority of them, used to be prosecutors. So it's like you automatically assume guilt because that's in your, I don't want to say DNA, but just like in your makeup because you're assuming guilt. He goes, when he, when I was asking like a, a group of jurors, potential jurors, he was like, this is Jose Ramirez, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, could he have done anything? He could have, right? And like twelve people raised their hands without even hearing or knowing who this guy was. 
<laughs> well, but think about it, right? It's just a common thing. If you hear that someone got arrested for something, you assume we just do kind of assume. Well, they must have done something because they don't just arrest people for nothing. I mean, but that's where that kind of prejudice comes in. I'm trying to think about that's the where times it gets that slippery. I'm trying to think about the times that I've been arrested. Have I done anything wrong? You would definitely guilty every time. <laughs> I, I would imagine. But that's I would prosecute heavy. I'd be like, I've known him a while. He did it for sure. How many white clothes did he have? But I know what you mean. It's it. It is kind of like that, right? It's it, it, one thing. It's easy to just assume someone is guilty when they're arrested well, you, when it's not you. You can develop a whole story with a whole situation that occurred like within minutes, like within your head, like a whole thing. Oh, he was across the street. He was yelling. Ran across the street. Jumped in front of a car. Da, 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 da. There's there's a whole, especially living here in Washington, I've seen things unfold. And it's like you could frame it in one way or you could frame it in a complete opposite way. I don't know. It's, But that's kind of how the lawyers work anyway, right? right? you got a prosecutor. you got a defense lawyer. They're going to put together a different story with the same information. One's going to sound one way and one will sound the other way. That's what they have to do. And, and the judge and the jury have to work together well i guess they don't work together but they have to kind of find the the truth in the middle as best they can there's just a lot of moving parts do i have the, so it makes it very difficult do i have this feeling about dubin though he is just like a ride or die homie that's like this like undercover just dude he's putting everything into what he does the, i mean he's about as passionate as he cry, a person he, can get he cry, for what he, he does. He cries on the podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, I represent these homies. Like, I got the, I got the face tats. Just kidding, he doesn't have face tat, but <laughs> he's got the real tats. Like, I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah, I like you, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's put, he's put the effort in, and he's representing yeah. people that don't, that wouldn't have the resources otherwise. And when he looks at the, you know these hundreds of cases, what amazes me is he talks about doing this and that and then getting doing stuff with a fight game and i'm just like how do you have any time man because he's a i bet he works so much because he's a lover bro he fucking he he sees the good in people i when you it's inspiring <laughs> it's stuff really... i'd be surprised if anyone listening to him on rogan's podcast was like Oh, I don't really care. Yeah, can you dude. shoot? Like, how could you? Shoot, how could you be like that with him? You shoot darts at a dude that's trying to take care of fucking humanity. It's that's on you, bro. But then he's talking about you know he met that governor and the governor barely talked to him. He's like, you got thirty seconds. Like, no, let's make like he's about te- get it across. He's talking about Ted and, Cruz is who he's talking about, and and that was is that who yeah, was that was unfortunate because he was like, oh, I gave you my time, and but Ted Cruz is like trying to make it like he gave him his time, and it's like, dude, it's such a weird situation to be. I mean, we've talked about that. We said how valuable our time is, and we know that, but. Is this that's the same Ted Cruz that skipped out and went to Mexico during the ice storm in Texas? Come on, Ted. What are you like? That's a weird narrative to say. If I had an opportunity to go to Mexico, I'd go to fucking Mexico, Adam. Yeah, but isn't he he runs he's like running the state. Stay here and disaster. wear your mask. I, that's what I would tell other people too. Stay there and wear your masks. I'll go to And you'd go on vacation. <laughs> that's why you would be a terrible governor, Garrett, and we're not gonna vote for you or let you run. I disagree governor I, of anything. I disagree. I would never say that. The first part I would say, Hey, if you guys want to come with me to Mexico, grab this barcode and we'll get you a group on. It well, it doesn't look good. 
<laughs> it didn't look good. It didn't at the time, but in all maybe maybe he couldn't get in hindsight. In hindsight, everybody's got to make their own decisions. So if you're just like still, still living, <laughs> hanging out. What are you, Ted Cruz's publicist? <laughs> no, I work for. T- or you're burping on vodka on the show. I, Thank you. I work. <laughs> I work for Ted Cruz. Yeah, I, it sounds like I live in New Hampshire. I work for Ted Cruz, and I'm going trans. <sighs> Did you? Is, oh, hey, is, isn't he? <laughs> you gotta watch. Oh, you, you gotta watch the Ted Dillon. He when he got on. You mean Tim Dillon? No, Ted Dillon. Tim Dillon. Oh, Tim <laughs> he, which one? Uh, when he's trying to get canceled. Yes, that was the funniest thing I've seen forever. Well, they played it on Rogan. <laughs> He said that prequel on Rogan, but I listened to that in real time when he was saying that with him and his guy. And I was like, he's like, what do I have to do? Do I have to say that cancer is not real? <laughs> it, it was a great rant. I mean, it, it, Tim Dillon oh was just Oh, my God. Like, there's, it was so fu- there's no way around I literally it. listened to it over and over again. I was like, this is so funny, and no one's going to fucking put any light on this because he's some mortgage banker that used to live in Arizona. Yeah, uh, it, he's in a really interesting place because I mean he's he's his podcast especially is getting really big. A lot of people listen, oh, he's but because so witty. because he's right next door to someone like Rogan, which is like his platform is so much larger. It's like the news can't pick on every podcast, <laughs> so they're like, "Shit, we got to pick on just one." We've, Rogan really doesn't say enough stuff to pick on, but. We're still gonna give it a go. And the whole time you got Tim Dillon over here just saying the most outrageous. He's thing like, you've ever "How heard. can I get this energy? How can I get this coverage?" How can I get canceled? <laughs> well, he's already banned from Airbnb for God knows what he was up. Cool to story, bro. We'll fucking start a new one. Who cares? I'm, I'm sure Tim's not worried about the Airbnbs at this point. He's trying. To, he was like, I watched his thing about going to Patreon, and he was like. I think YouTube or somebody was trying to come get him. Did you watch that episode? And no, he was like, I haven't seen oh, my before. God. He was like, so what are you offering me? And they're like, virtue. Like, you can come over. He's like, so no money? And and then Ben, his like. <laughs> oh, his producer? He was like, you literally, like, looked at them with such <laughs> discord that you couldn't deal with it. And he's like, I got another call. And he, like, left in the middle of the meeting. And he tells the yeah, whole story he, throughout the whole... He's an animal. He's like, did you think that I was going to come over to your fucking platform for less than $50 million? Like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> he's like, you're out of your mind. Like, why would I ever do anything to support you? He's like, no. It was so... It's, yeah, that's kind of a this, weird move. Why even put the effort in? This is what's becoming refreshing, is people being human and not fucking, like selling their soul it's like it's an awesome thing to see people be like you know what ah you can't really fuck with me in the money situation anymore yeah Steve went to um like having that integrity but also maintaining just being like obviously a very funny and silly person yeah you you just gotta respect it and and you know even though he goes on those wild rants that are often hilarious and end hilariously it, tim makes really good points 100% of the time i mean a lot of the time he's like right on with oh it's you know what what's going on it's so nice it's so refreshing it's so he's i don't know why i want to say this joke but he goes i suck dick so i can say faggot 
And I'm like, I love it that you say that, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he is allowed. It's so refreshing. He is allowed. It's that, so refreshing that, in that, some that degree. That clip's going to go on your cancel. That's real, fine. Actually, that's fine. So. <laughs> it's all right. I'll fire you before that happens, so it doesn't matter. I'll be like, no, we already fired him. Don't worry about that cancel video. I s- that's fine. Do your worst. Yeah. But yeah, he can get away with those things. But even with that, he can't get. It. There's only so much even he can get away with, right? I, to a point. I don't know. Even though he pushes it, pick one. I don't think that. I think he's officially pushed it as far. Like what? What? What can't he get away with? That's a good point. I mean, I mean he tell just me, is like that character now? I, it's the best character to be. He's like, I'll say everything, and I'm like, oh, mm. we need you, bud. You are the new fucking. But you say that now, it's like the the cancel culture thing changes in time, right? So, like, five years from now, there might be a new point of frustration, and then they can go back any amount of Are time. Are you going to do that, though? Like, okay. Are you going to do that? I, 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 well, I'm not. I'm, but my point... I don't want to cancel anyone. My point is, I think that that's, this has kind of been a like a line in the road or a line in the sand where it's like, are we going to go back and criticize people of things that they've done in the past? Yes, people do it. No, no, no. You're I'm, no, no. I'm, you're. It's dumb, but they are gonna do but it. But I'm saying, I think 100. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, how much weight is that gonna hold? Now that you and me are recognizing that, and the vast majority of people are like, uh, maybe that doesn't hold as much weight. What we do now. But this is the problem. It's not. It's not like I think it's, it's an individual basis. Sometimes it holds weight if the people don't have the backing or the fan group. And they can't maintain like like what there will always be people that could be canceled like and there will be like who people have been canceled for things yeah so you, no. so you're just saying it's not it's, everyone survives so it. you're just saying it's based on support often yeah or if you analyze the context of the event that took place and over time people realize oh well this really wasn't such a big deal but my point is there's people and groups out there that are constantly trying to do it if they decide they don't like somebody and then they have an angle to where they can take them down they're gonna try at some point i'm not saying it's like nobody's invincible i'm not saying you're wrong but i feel like that was a fad i want to feel like that was a fad i want to Uh, let's hope i want that to phase out like i mean like pagers like let's just phase <laughs> like pages. let's phase that out and let's just start thinking together and like I, i'm always thinking even when i'm folding my blankets i'm like how could we all just come together wouldn't that be the best play like well i just say focus on yourself why are the why is anyone getting worked up about what someone else is doing agreed it's like just well don't listen to that person <laughs> go do something else <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of people I don't listen to, but I, they can still talk. That's true. I'm not going to get mad at them. I'm not watching The View. What a good point. i just not interested, but I don't want any of them to get fired. Just do your job. Someone likes it. Can someone... Probably can, it's fine. I mean, let's write a book about that. That makes the most sense. Like, if you don't like what you're listening to, just turn it off and go, yeah. go seek something else out, right? But people are too angry, man. It's like people that are like constantly write negative reviews about things it's just like did you on like you honestly went to itunes and like wrote out a paragraph 
It's like, what are you? Do you? You need to have more things to do, and especially more positive <sighs> things to focus on. I mean, I, I want to kind of give him credit for at least taking the time out to do that. Yeah, sometimes it amuses me. I'm not gonna I, lie. I'm like, wow. I appreciate it. it. This is like more than I've written for like a school paper before. So I, I gotta give him some credit for putting it in. But I mean, that's what are you doing? Credit where credits do. Should we? All right, let's jump over to the last one. This one's a little controversial. And it's gonna stir up some some shit for the Rogan world, but hey, he's doing it. Um, oh, I gotta make a note of something real quick. Um, so yeah, Stephen Coonan. Now, he's went to MIT, used to work at BP. That's really the bit that's kind of gets the tinfoil hat guys worked up because he's kind of, I guess, like anti-human climate change person he's not like a climate change denier i don't think but he had definitely has a different view on it i like i like um, how they preface but if you if you worked at t if you went to mit i mean you know you're an intelligent person regardless of your view or your spin on whatever things i mean they're not letting dummies in mit but again it's controversial because he's saying that the human impact is not as big as on climate as what basically the consensus is in the scientific and academic world of climate studying right i mean that's kind of the feel for this let's start out with what do you think <clears throat> well he no not not I mean, not, uh, not him what do you think just out of curiosity because i i just want to get like oh what do i like, like, what, like if, if i didn't hear yeah, this well, just what like, do i think is what happening do we think with climate? correct just i just want to get a uh like set that sure. set that aside. Yeah, the, um, I mean, I grew up with a dad that did a lot of work with environmental companies. Um, he was big into recycling. Like back in the eighties, he was a hippie. Um, still is. Worked with Greenpeace, raised money with them. So I was kind of brought up being sympathetic to, you know, the overfishing and the. It, it's like things he talked about a lot, right? So I'm. I'm always inclined to want to um, do things that benefit the environment. But does that, like, instill me with some sort of prejudice to where I just assume that everything humans do in that sense is bad? I mean, you know, we are dumping a lot of plastic and shit in the ocean. That's getting into everything. That's a problem. That's messing with the hormones. Rogan had that lady on that was talking about how that messes with the testosterone levels. Um, those things aren't good, you know. So there's there's definitely work that we can do. I mean, we're we're messy species, but we're building a lot of stuff, and we've got a lot of people, and we're trying to keep everyone alive. So at times it's going to get sloppy. Doesn't mean that we don't do our best to mitigate it. I mean, you love the beach and going down there. You don't want that thing like covered in oil. So the, like, it's not good. We have to have standards. We have to have smog standards. LA used to be really bad, I think, in the 90s. is a lot better now. And that's due to good technology with catalytic converters. Those things are good. They got rid of the lead from fuel. Remember back in the day they had lead? Then they had the unleaded, obviously. You feel better now? Yeah, you asked me, bro. You asked me, so I'm just telling you. Like I, go on. With the, so, go on with the leaded. Yeah, so, so that's... And I like the idea of electric, but again, I don't know all the 
other parts that come in like how hard is it to make these batteries and is there a massive environmental issue at least in the short term with that until we get better battery technology like there's just a lot of moving parts that's why it's important to hear people that are smart talk about this it doesn't always mean that they're right though right because we've got this guy steve this week and the other dude that's coming on uh next week andrew and they have differing viewpoints so it's hard to figure out like what is what is really happening here what's the truth is it somewhere in the middle is one of these guys very wrong i mean uh doesn't it make you kind of feel a little small like yeah, uh, that's how I feel. Like when I, when I'm thinking about, I've, I've made reference to this too. But the men in black, when they're just kicking around those two marbles, kind of always comes back to that. When those two aliens, those monster aliens, are just kicking around the two marbles, and we're talking about. But in what way? What do you mean <coughs> small? Like us as individuals, yeah, or like, like the, us, or like our impact is going to be small. Kind of all in- inclusive, but like when we talk about the small little pebble that we're on that we're flying through and then we're trying <laughs> it well we got to look after it right i mean we should yeah it's like a, you clean your room you clean your room like, you 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 shovel see, snow outside now that's, you pick that, up trash when you see that's it something i, mean, I can get on board with all right fair enough i don't, I don't want to go throw away shit on the outside of my room or my room uh, that makes sense fair enough I just want to know. I mean, let, let's look at the big. So the big things that he was kind of saying is that weather changes over time. He had grass for that for like thousands of years, all these things. I mean, there's probably changes for sure. Uh, and, um, you know, as far as even and not to get ahead with Andrew Desler, who we'll talk about next week. But he was saying that Kunin's data is correct. The data is I think the issue between the two is what data's, uh, data are you choosing and how are you representing it? So he's saying over time it changes. This may be more natural than we think. Um, obviously, there is a human impact, but how high? Kunin seems to be downplaying it. Not saying that it is higher or lower, but it, compared to other climate scientists, he's saying the human impact isn't as big from what he can tell. And... That's just really kind of the narrative that he's putting forward. And he's saying it's also going to be very difficult to go from um, a lot of fossil fuel energy to other types of re- more renewable energy sources. Is, so what does that mean? We just stop doing isn't, it? Isn't or? there like country-sized things in the ocean that are like the size of like water bottles that have all-inclusive water bottles, like trash dumps. That are, oh, you're talking about like the the big plastic island? And I'm not trying. Like not trash trying to, island is floating I, I, around. I'm not trying to make light or bad. That sounds awful. What are you talking about? Uh, my point is, it's like when I'm thinking about Kunin's thought, it's like everything is organic at some point, correct? Uh. Yeah, what, I mean a lot everything. of everything. What what is not organic? Um, well, organic is like something that was alive. So plastic isn't alive. Yeah, but it was a it plastic was a, it was it was like alive at one point, right? Elements and minerals. but it was alive at one point. All those things were alive at one point. We just sucked sucked the energy out of that and and called it non-organic, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're using petroleum products to make plastic. Cur so, yeah, so I, I, I guess. But, but there's not really, like, organic molecules in a plastic bottle. Like, we've kind of melted them down into something else. What are we calling them now? What's the... Well, it's just... It's plastic, so it's... We've changed the the makeup of it. Like, we manipulate petroleum products. We use the carbon backbone, which are, like, the lines they draw in chemistry, and we... We turn it into something else. But it's still, or, chemical but it's still organic. Yeah, but there's some issues with it because that shit doesn't break down. I, it stays around forever. This is For a long time. So if we make enough of it over a short period of time, now we have like, you know, 50,000 years of trash that isn't going to turn back into... I think, that's already ha I think that's already happened like over the time. Right. Right? Like, But should we think about not doing that as much or right? should we just not have kids well that's silly because <laughs> we got to make more people <laughs> why we definitely should who said well because you got to keep going we're not going to live forever i'm cool with that let's just end it and we'll call it tomorrow all right well that's a silly stance to take <laughs> i would say that's not helping anyone and it definitely isn't getting us to the bottom of the, of the everybody just has problem, to live it? forever like, that's your plan to reduce your carbon footprint? Just don't have any kids? No, I mean... Maybe just recycle some shit. Uh, do you still believe in that? Well, I mean, there, <laughs> there's inefficiencies. <laughs> the, the, shouldn't your immediate response be yes? If it's a real thing? Not... what? Well, well, well. I definitely... Shouldn't your immediate well, response I definitely be think, yes? Hold on. Jesus. Don't talk over me, please. Right, I take it back. But it, I think that if... You're going to put your energy into making a conscious effort to improve your environment. There's probably better ways of doing like it. Like what? Uh, planting trees, I would imagine. Having a garden where you're growing your own vegetables. Hunt your own meat. I'll just hover over this. Get a solar panel for your I'll house. Just hover over this. Probably lower your impact. Don't fly as much. I'm sure flying is the biggest one. Like going on trips. I have four bikes out here. If you can reduce the amount of trips that you go on, that probably will help. Get a car that gets better gas mileage. I'm just saying, if that's your motivation, I'm sure there are certain things that are more impactful than, you know, separating your trash out. Fair enough. Well, what do you think? Mm. You don't seem to be, you don't seem to be into the environment at all. Uh, I'm an island boy. Let's go ahead and preface that with a with with that statement. All right. Do you want to live on an island covered in plastic bottles? Ne negative. Floating negative. Up on Can you beach? slow down there, whiskey dick? All right. <laughs> steady on. No, that's not the case. Okay. So, what is your take on? Um, it? you ask me. What's what's your take? How you sitting with this? I don't know, to be honest. It's it's it's, it's a th a thoughtful process that I go through frequently, and I want to act. What thinking about the environment? Yeah, always. It's like, how much pineapple can I eat? I don't see the the, the relevance of that at all. You wouldn't. You're talking about eating more fruit. It, when do you even eat fruit? I feel like. Only in cocktails that you buy. Yeah, I usually snort the fruit in the cocktails. Um, All right. My point is, let me circle back. Okay. I hope you have one because I'm, I'm feeling like you don't at this point. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if there is one. 
I want to act like you have a, a perspective when you're when you. <clears throat> uh, should we talk about Cuban? Because I think that when when they were talking about the process of how much influence we actually have on the environment, what what, what we've already been discussing, um, I don't know that we do. Do you do you feel that we do? Because they were t- oh that we have an impact. Yeah. Well, look, we're definitely pumping a lot of carbon dioxide well we have already right and it's been i would say it's been shown we we made a hole in the ozone layer because of cfc's those uh weird things carboflora weird things that they said were things well they're real things garrett they don't just make it up they're chemicals that they use for industrial processes and they were like tearing ozone apart and that would be bad you get way too much sunlight and ultraviolet rays hitting the planet that's not a good thing and they changed it and it's improved so the next question is is the massive amounts of carbon that we're releasing causing an issue more heat and more importantly like how would we stop it because he was saying okay it's 500 dollars, i think a ton to extract it from the air at this point with machines i don't really know how that would work and then he was saying it's only viable if we get it down to 50 bucks. But what I heard when I, like, what I was thinking when I heard that is, well, yeah, obviously it's going to be expensive at first because we need to practice the technology. It's like you got to make a bunch of electric cars before you get really good electric cars. Those are some. You got to keep trying until you bring the cost down. Those were some pretty loose numbers, too. I don't know if you heard what he was saying. Oh, about the 550. Yeah, I'm not sure if he is 100% sure on those numbers anyway. But I think the point he was making is it's just too expensive and it will take too long to bring that price down. But I don't believe in that. I think that, you know, you you give Elon Musk a task and you say, hey, what you're going to do is you're going to figure out a way to get all this carbon out and do it for cheap. And here's the backing and or here's a, you know, a financial incentive to do it. I mean, there's genius engineers out there that can figure out things like that. It wouldn't take much. It's interesting what time and money, how they correlate, because he can foresee what time and money. He's like, all right, this is going to take this much money. It's going to take this much time. It's like, "Mm, I trust you because. I guess that makes sense, but I don't know how you foresee those windows. Well, it's, I'm sure it's a lot of guesswork. He's kind of just forecasting with financial models out into the future, but who knows how... It, you get jumps in technology, too, so it be, might be like, okay, this is going to take this long, but boom, we're here. I mean, look at Elon. Who would have thought he would have come up with such a dope-ass electric car as quick as he uh, did? I think you... Would it take him like 15 I'm pretty years? sure you and I would have thought that. I'd, have you ever doubted Elon? Ever once? No, he's pretty... Oh, good. it's so... I didn't really. It's so interesting watching... I don't want to say the left, because I don't ever want to jump into these categories, but there's a few guys that I follow on Instagram and like have been part of my life for a while, but have somehow like fit this narrative. They make comments on Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk as if they've had like like formal conversations. He's like, that's not a good person. And I'm like, how could you ever say that? Even about 
like Donald Trump or anybody. Like, how could you say that's not a good person? That would just be like the most like piggish asshole thing to say. How would you know what kind of person somebody is before you had a conversation with them? True, but I kind of say that about Gavin Newsom. I don't know him. I don't really like that guy. I've actually seen a couple interviews with him that have been redeeming because he sold not the fact that I'm ever going to be on his side, but I was like, all right, I like at least I can see why people could justify agreeing with what you. I I don't know, man, to be honest, but I've seen I've seen. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know him either. So I'm I don't know. I, I, I am too, dude. I live here in L.A., so like I feel some kind of way. But at the same time, it's like it seems like all this ve- like all these mandates are all going to come to an end, and everybody's gonna be like, "Shit!" Either you're on board or you're not on board, and if you're not on board, you're just like, "I'm loose. I'm good." And if you're on board, you're like, "Still got to keep this fucking thing on." Like, how long are you gonna keep this going? Mask, vax, ha! Like, how long can that go on for? <laughs> All right. I I don't know how we got to this. We're talking about Kunin and the environment. Right. And you just went right back to I it. Segued. I need a sign that you put in your studio that just says, don't talk about vaccine things unless ta- I, it, I, I, it absolutely I relates about, to I the podcast. About, tell me more about Kunin. Too late. It's already on there tell now. Me, I'm not editing that tell out. Tell me more about Kunin. Unbelievable. <laughs> Still good. You just can't I, I, stop I'm yourself. Watching, it's like I'm Tourette's. watching somebody walk by my fucking. F- well, close your curtains. They got the mask underneath. You're doing a podcast. Got, it doesn't matter. They've got the mask underneath their Let chin. Them. Okay, I just had to make. I get it. We're talking about the environment here, right? I I think it comes down to this. It's like if there are really catastrophic models that seem pretty reasonable, like that. In a certain amount of time, it could really mess with farmers growing crops or how a lot of things are put together. I mean, we do have to, I would say, err on the side of caution within a, you know, a reasonable degree. And I think that's the place we're trying to find. What makes, what's the best, most positive impacts we can make? Do it so that it financially isn't, you know, bankrupting the country and uh, plan for the future. I think it's easy to just ignore these things happening and then all of a sudden we've made such a mess it's it's in a bad spot. I mean, that to me seems reasonable. You, you don't want to ignore a potential danger, I would say. You're right. <coughs> well, it's just an idea. I just don't know how much. It's just an idea. Well, we're at an hour. We're at an hour. We did it. I, that's so... Weird. Yeah, guys. I mean, look, we're going to get to whatever the other guy says from Texas A&M next week. And hopefully within these conversations, all the Rogan listeners are able to come to their own slightly more educated conclusion of like where we are with these things. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of these podcasts in the future where he has one voice on and then a counter voice right afterwards. So we're going to have to get used to kind of balancing through that whole conversation i love it and on that note thank you as always and yeah we'll talk to you guys next week have a great week fellas and ladies peace